0: Would you pray with me before we read from God's word? Dear God, as we worship Jesus tonight, the word made flesh, give us your words of eternal life. Shine your light into our darkness by the power of the Holy Spirit. Tonight's reading is from the Gospel of Luke, and Luke is one of four books in the Bible that tells the story of Jesus' life. And at the end of the reading, I will say, this is the word of the Lord. And if you like, you can respond with, thanks be to God. So Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 16. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, "'Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people.'" When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Good evening, everyone. My name is Alex, and I'm one of the pastors here at Corrate. and I want to welcome you, whether you're online or here in person. It is so good to be together at last. Uh, it feels like it's been a very long time since we did this in the flesh on Christmas Eve. So, tonight, as we celebrate God's love coming into the world in Jesus Christ, we're going to look at what is perhaps the most famous of all Christmas carols, and that is Silent Night. We have been looking at carols in recent weeks, and we realized that we sing these carols, some of us, and we hear them in the mall, we hear them in different places. But we don't often stop and reflect on the words that are a part of them. They're sometimes old-fashioned words, but they are rich and profound as poetry and as theology. So over the past few weeks, we've covered Joy to the World. We looked at, oh, little town of Bethlehem, but Silent Night has a particular resonance for some of us, maybe many of us. It's the carol we sing the most often on Christmas Eve. And more than any other song, I think, in my view, it invites us to stop and consider the mystery of the birth of Jesus. So we're going to sing it later in the service, as we always do on Christmas Eve, but let me read it to you now. Silent night, holy night. All is calm, all is bright. Round yon virgin, mother and child. And that doesn't mean Mary was round, just to be clear. Uh, It means that all was calm and all was bright around that there, virgin mother and child, to put it a little differently. Holy infant, so tender and mild. Sleep in heavenly peace. Silent night, holy night. Shepherds quake at the sight. Glories stream from heaven afar. Heavenly hosts sing Alleluia. Christ the Savior is born. Silent night, holy night. Son of God, love's pure light. Radiant beams from thy holy face with the dawn of redeeming grace. Jesus, Lord at thy birth. So the carol starts with these words, Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright. It sounds so peaceful, so serene, it sounds really good, but has that been your experience today or over the last couple of days? We've been looking forward to tonight for a while. As Justin said, it's been three years since we've been able to do this in person. And then look what happens, right? The people who plow our parking lot send us an email with the subject heading, Snowmageddon has arrived. I don't know if it's quite that bad, but it has been challenging. So the pandemic may be mostly behind us, but the weather is still unpredictable. And we're still dealing with challenges of various kinds in our lives. A friend of mine posted a picture this week on Facebook of a different kind of nativity scene. It was a picture of Mary giving birth, not after the birth, Not the usual away in a manger scenario. But no, Mary was right in the middle of giving birth. And she was clearly making a lot of noise. It was not silent. It was not calm. And yes, we want to be realistic about what happened on that first Christmas. We don't want to pretend that it was easy and everything went smoothly. But I think the Carol is really talking about a different kind of silence. A deeper silence. Silence in the presence of greatness. Like that time when an old friend of mine who is a huge Beatles fan actually met Paul McCartney. And if you're under 30 and don't know that name, maybe you think Taylor Swift or Justin Bieber. I don't know. Does that work? Uh... but you know what I'm talking about, right? Silence in shock at someone who you've been waiting for maybe who you admire. My friend, in that case, couldn't speak at all. He couldn't even say hello. And and years later, and still, I hear that story from him. Or a more everyday experience of silence in the presence of greatness. Silence when you see something beautiful. Like when you stop and really pay attention to something as ordinary as a tree after a winter storm, and its branches all encased in ice, like there's this magical force field around it. Or a breathtaking sunset, if it takes your breath away while you're silent. Or that moment in high school when the girl you have a crush on walks up to you and you can't say anything. Or at the end of a performance of something amazing. The silence of an audience in wonder. I remember hearing Handel's Messiah at Roy Thompson Hall 30 years ago. And even though I wasn't especially a fan of classical music and my parents had to drag me out to it, really, I was moved to the point of tears. And then there's the silence that comes with a newborn child after the labor. There's still hustle and bustle and people running around, noise in the hospital, and yet an incredible calm descends, and the father looks on in silent wonder at mother and child. And so at the core of all deep silence, I believe, is wonder. And wonder leads us into worship. It's about our deepest longings being satisfied, even if only for a moment. And beauty does that for us. And the beauty of holiness is what this Christmas carol is getting at. It calls us to worship Christ, the holy child. And here, holy means set apart. It means pure, perfect, extraordinary, destined for greatness. And we can only respond in silence as we perceive and as we receive the peace of God's presence and his amazing grace, and as we come to see it for what it is. So the Christmas Carol Silent Night was written in 1816 by a young Roman Catholic priest named Joseph Moyer. And actually somebody between the two services told me that they're related to him distantly. So he wrote this Christmas Carol in the village of Oberndorf near Salzburg in Austria. And he wrote it first as a poem, and he gave it the title, Stille Nacht, Heilige Nacht. And two years later, there was a moment in the celebration of Christmas that year when the organ broke down right as they were getting ready for Christmas Eve service. And so they were trying to come up with simple music that could be played on the guitar, when at the time everything was played on the organ. And Joseph Moore remembered this poem he'd written, and he asked a musician to come up with a suitable tune. And so Silent Night was born. Isn't that just like Christmas? The organ breaks down. The one indispensable piece of machinery needed for worship at that time in that place. Can you relate to that? What's not working in your life right now? Well, here at the church, the photocopier has been breaking down quite a bit over the last few months. And I literally prayed as I was driving here that it would not do that today. Thank you, Lord. It did not. My parents, who live in eastern Ontario right now, are without power. And it turns out their generator is broken. My wife's sister and brother-in-law were having part of their Christmas dinner catered by a Mennonite lady, and I guess she doesn't have as much stuff that can break down, not as many machines. There's an upside to that, but she can't get out of her driveway because of all the snow. At this time of year, it sometimes feels like if it can go wrong, it will. But at an even deeper level, it's hard to fix what's broken in perhaps more important ways in our lives. All of us have broken relationships in our families, with friends, maybe with a neighbor, a coworker. maybe it's within our marriage that there's brokenness. And so I find it reassuring to hear that part of the story of Silent Night, the softness of its music like a lullaby that All of that emerged in a moment of crisis, something breaking down at this time of year. But Silent Night really invites us to turn our focus away from all that has gone wrong and is going wrong and to dwell on something better, something different. With the good news of Jesus coming into the world, we are invited out of our brokenness into wholeness. We're invited in from the noisy chaos and darkness of our complicated lives. We're invited to find our rest in heavenly peace and to gaze in wonder at the birth of Christ. But the story of Silent Night doesn't end there. The carol soon caught on throughout the German-speaking world, but it wasn't until 1861 when the German Prince Albert (coughs) married the British Queen Victoria, that Silent Night first appeared in English. And later it was translated into dozens of languages. But only at the start of the 20th century, roughly 100 years ago, long after Victorian Albert had passed away, did this carol reach its height of popularity. And ironically, that was a time when German princes and British princesses were not getting married, not at all, because War had broken out in Europe. And it was actually two grandsons of Victorian Albert, George V and Kaiser Wilhelm II, who led Europe into the First World War, the most horrific conflict the world had yet seen up to that point. And as we experience Christmas this year with another terrible war raging in Europe, a war that threatens the global balance of power and throws the peace we enjoy, by and large, and the prosperity we certainly do into question, there's a story related to this Christmas carol that gets at the heart of the Christian message. It was Christmas Eve 1914, and the war was less than six months old. On both sides, they had said that the boys would be home for Christmas, German boys, French boys, British boys, but they weren't. Not even close. And by December 24th of that year, a million young men had been killed on the Western Front by the latest in military technology. But then something amazing happened. The trenches separating German soldiers from the Allies were close together. Close enough to hear your enemy singing. And the story goes that a young German soldier began singing Stille Nacht, heilige Nacht. And with the tune, being so familiar, a group of British soldiers listened and then began to join in the carol in English. And soon other carols were sung. And when you sing with people, you form a bond, a bond that is not conducive to war. And the next morning, a few of them carefully emerged from the trenches, I think probably really carefully. And then the same happened from the opposite side. And soon they were exchanging gifts, sharing photos of loved ones, and even kicking around a soccer ball. It came to be called the Christmas Truce of 1914. And remarkably, it sprang up from the grassroots, literally from the trenches, against the orders of commanding officers. And it spread along the front lines. And historians estimate that 100,000 men took part. But the truce was temporary. And they went back to war on Boxing Day. When we see the war in Ukraine, when we hear stories about the suffering there, and when we see conflict in our society at many different levels, and as we consider the broken relationships in our own lives, I think... We're sometimes tempted to despair or to give in to being cynical about it all. But the message of Silent Night and the good news of Christmas is that the birth of Jesus is, to use that amazing turn of phrase from the Christmas carol, it is the dawn of redeeming grace. It's a sign of hope. It's something new, something that can change how broken, how wrong, the world is around us, and what's going on in our own hearts. Next to this theme of silence that's so obvious in this carol, it proclaims the light. And it isn't just that night rhymes with light, they coexist in this carol, they coexist in the Bible, as they do in our complicated relationships and lives. Isaiah says that the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. That's in the Old Testament in the Bible. And so the prophet Isaiah recognized that there is darkness, but there's a light that has appeared. And then John, who tells one of these stories of Jesus we call Gospels, wrote, The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. And so most of all, silent night reaches for the spiritual meaning of the birth of Christ. The silence it refers to isn't the absence of noise. It's heavenly peace. The holy infant is tender and mild, not because he never cries, but because he embodies God's love and goodness. And it comes through him. And so we sing about radiant beams shining from his holy face. And all of this happens against the horizon of the whole world. It's not an individual experience of peace. No, it's the promise of peace for everyone. It's a new beginning, the dawn of redeeming grace. The sun's coming up. Daybreak is here. And we, for our part, we are invited to step out of our darkness, into the company of shepherds and angels who worship him. Because he is no ordinary baby. He's Savior and Lord of all. The carol makes it clear. Christ the Savior is born. Jesus, Lord, at thy birth. This moment changes everything. But do we believe that as we come here and sing these familiar carols, Another Christmas. What does the Christian way of peace look like when people still fight and claim Jesus as their own on the left and on the right politically and on every side of every argument? Well, let me tell you, wherever you are coming from today, peace The peace of Jesus looks like kindness. It looks like not seeking revenge. It looks like forgiveness. It looks like not unfriending someone in social media because you don't like them or you don't like their opinion. It looks like not avoiding the person in your life with whom you're experiencing conflict. It looks like going directly to the person you have an issue with rather than talking about them behind their back. It looks like not getting the last word. It looks like opening the door and making room for another person who is different from you, a person who you wouldn't be naturally inclined, perhaps, to invite in. It looks like apologizing even when you are so sure that you're right. It looks like spending time and being generous towards someone you find difficult or someone who has hurt you. Really, it looks like loving them, that other person. As hard or even impossible as that might sound to you tonight. But Jesus, Jesus says, I was born to make it possible. And I've done that by laying down my life for you in the ultimate act of sacrifice at the cross. And that is the hope-filled message of peace we remember every Christmas. That is why Jesus came. That is why God stepped down from the highest majesty into the lowly setting of a stable and a manger, into poverty, brokenness, and vulnerability. And so we worship God in Jesus Christ, and we ask the Holy Spirit to lead us individually as a church and as a society more and more into peace. What is your present darkness tonight, this Christmas Eve? Where is the conflict, where is the brokenness for you? Silent night isn't some feel-good sentimental moment. No, it's a call to put God at the center of your life and to see what could happen. To recognize in Jesus who God really is, that he offers peace like no one else can. And it takes courage to step into the light. We're used to the darkness. We grow comfortable with it. The gray in our world. The grind. Would you be willing to take a step of faith in the hard things you're dealing with right now? Would you be willing to step towards the light of Jesus? Maybe for the first time. Could you believe in the hope that he came to share, that he shares today also? My prayer for me and for my family and for all of us is that we will receive his amazing grace, the forgiveness and the healing that his birth, his death, and his resurrection make possible. And so on this silent night, may you know the peace that Jesus brings. May you know him, his friendship, his love for you. Merry Christmas, everyone.